Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. In this episode, we're going to have a conversation with a woman who discovered she had a demon attached to her who tried to kill her. And we're going to learn about Asian philosophy in regard to angels and demons. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. This is that thing about the demon that followed me home. My guest today in this episode is Kate Emerald. She's a healer, a storyteller, an astrologer with some unique ancient wisdom and spirituality skills, personal experience with angels, and an astrologer as well as the founder of Life of Emerald, an online studio scaling global impact by introducing ancient wisdom, spirituality, and cultures to all walks of life in order to heal and improve their lives. Welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you, Michael, for having me here. I only touched on a few of the many gifts the knowledge and the experience that you have, but you are unique in the fact that your ancestors were kings in South Korea. Is that where you derive your ancient wisdom and spirituality from? I say um, yes and no. The ancestry, I have the DNA, so I am very drawn to traditions and ancient wisdom and respecting the elders and respecting people in general. And I say no because I have not been taught what angels and demons are, but I experience them and I attentively seek uh, meditation from Hindu tradition or the Western angelic tradition, Christian Christianity myth from that from that sector, and you know the Buddhism. I'm all open to all types of spirituality. That's one of my. Um, I'd be interested to hear, especially from the Asian culture. Do you believe in angels? I absolutely do. I believe in angels. Yes. So I know that you've had um, some personal experiences, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yep. Many. Did you believe in angels before your experiences? Mm, no, not really. I went to a private Christian high school and middle school, and they taught me about Jesus and angels and we worship and things like that. And I really didn't take them seriously, uh, particularly because my history teacher, I asked him <laughs> when he was convinced that if we don't believe in Jesus, we're going to hell. And so I was, I didn't believe that. And I questioned him in front of everybody. And I said, what about the people who came before Jesus? Are they in hell now? And he said, yes. So that was not good enough answer. So I really didn't believe in angels and maybe even Jesus, you know? Yeah, that was that's an interesting way to present that to that professor, that teacher, I think, is if angels have existed in all of time, as sometimes what's indicated or we've been taught in some of the, the other religions, then um, obviously the people before Jesus, they I don't believe they would have gone to hell. <laughs> that, that's a, I don't know either. And... I think that answer, I felt it was not good enough. So now I'm an adult seeking for an answer, what is the truth and these hidden secrets of the universal you know, consciousness and things like that. I can, um, I can drive my knowledge about what angels and demons are from my personal experience. What was your first experience? How did it present itself? Okay. I was in high school and my brother and I were watching a movie and I fell asleep in a, in a, in a couch. <clears throat> Excuse me. One time I was falling asleep. I heard a screaming noise, someone, a woman. 
and I opened my eyes and the ceiling turned black and turned black. I was fearful and I tried to run away uh, and my body would move as if I was pinned down in the couch. And so I was had, I had to sit in the fear until the screaming and the blackness in the ceiling disappeared. And I, and I gained composure uh, later and I went to my high school counselor. She is Christian, and I told her about this. And she said, that is a demon. <laughs> and so that, that was a, my preference, uh, my point of reference at that time. Did your, you said you were there on the couch with your brother, correct? Mm-hmm. Did your brother notice anything unusual going on, or did he notice anything happening to you? I'm not sure. I'm just, I was very immersed in my own experience. Yeah, we didn't talk about that afterwards. I don't even know if I screamed out loud for help. It's all vague. But what what is clear is I was pinned down. I felt like pinned down. I couldn't get up. In regard to that, after you spoke to your counselor, then did that put you kind of on a quest or a journey to kind of understand what took place and what happened and where that came from? Mm, No, not really. I didn't take her seriously. Uh, because to me, her answer, that is demon, was too simplified. And I have more questions about that. So I held her advice a little loosely, and I just moved on with my, with my life until I experienced a ghost in 2009. That, so that is about 10 years later. I checked into a haunted hotel, and in the evening, I was coming home to, I mean, I was coming to the hotel, I heard a screaming noise of a, a girl and, you know, parents fighting. So I went over to the area I was list- hearing this noise. And then I knocked the door to see if they're okay. And there was silence. So I thought, okay, maybe they don't want to show that they're fighting or something. And so I went up to my hotel room and started, you know, preparing to fall asleep. And then I felt, you know, the hand like swooping behind my back from the pillow. And I just felt this sense of eeriness. So I turned on the TV and sort of forced myself to fall asleep. And the next day I woke up and I was packing and things like that. So that incident in 2009 is a whole another uh, experience. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, do you think that was a spirit of some type, or do you think that that was something from an angelic or a demonic aspect? If I were to categorize that experience, one or the other, it would be a demonic experience. So that was in 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, so the experience in the hotel, you felt it. Did you see it, and did you hear anything? Was something or anything said to you? Mm, I felt the hand swooping on my neck. From the pillow, and I also received a phone call the next day with the light flickering. the The light was flickering as the phone was ringing, and I questioned myself, "Who is calling me here? I'm checked in here for one day. I'm I'm passing through uh, in my on my way to Washington D.C." I picked up the phone. The phone went beep. So nothing there. <laughs> nothing there. That's, that's that's pretty ironic. After that particular incident, had you had you had any contacts after that that may have been from an angelic side? Yep, absolutely. So fast forward to answer your question. Uh, in two thousand, 
2015 is when I met my soulmate uh, in South Korea. And about right, right about the time I met him, I was getting, you know, sleep paralysis. That, that's similar incident to what I described earlier about the high school experience. And then when I met him uh, one evening, I was laying, sleeping in my uh, bed, bed, and I could see and sense my eyes were closed and I knew I was asleep. However, with my physical eyes closed, my other eyes was open, meaning I could see my room completely as if it's real. And from the left side of my arm, I saw a geometric shape of an angelic wing coming out of me. So that is first intro to the angelic experience in 2015. And at that time, that, that angelic being made contact with you, were you in a situation that you felt uh, you needed one? Or do you think that that angelic experience was there to deliver a message to you of another time? Hmm. That's a good question. I, I think it's a mixture of both. I needed to see that, the angelic presence. And I think it was hinting me that this is a time for me to uh, cleanse my trauma from, from that 2009 event and then start to go on the spiritual journey. In that particular incident, did, they, did the angelic being say anything to you? Did you hear anything? Did you feel something? Or did you just understand? Was, I just was it just a, kind of an understood? Just understood the sense, felt sensation that I'm peaceful. Peaceful. So it kind of, kind of came from the soul, came from the heart. Mm -hmm. I could say that. That's very good. So that sent you on a spiritual journey from that perspective? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Since 2015 to now, I've been, you know, meditating and learning about all types of spirituality and things. And yeah, my company is based on that. Mm -hmm. If I may, please, just to kind of explore a couple of, uh, of things that you know, helped me to get educated as well as our viewers. From the Asian culture, do you, from, from that perspective, um, prior to, or even during, I guess, the Christiana Christianity, does the Asian culture believe in or have some type of, of uh, being similar to angels or demons? I say South Korea is a... It's, spiritual culture. I think there's a layer of shamanism here in the cultural mindset. And there, is, there are a significant uh, number of people who advocates for Christianity. And in, you know, when we learn, when, when, when people learn Bible, there is, a, you know, angelic uh, mention and demonic mention and Jesus and all that. So I'd say there is an understanding. However, you know, from from my perspective, looking at the religious people speaking about the Bible, it's sort of dogmatic. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you see, from my perspective, I I'm I'm spiritual. Um, I grew up Catholic, but I'm no longer a practicing Catholic. I haven't been practicing for years, but I am spiritual. So I believe in the universe. I believe in angels. I believe in 
um, Mother Nature. I believe in the earth, the wind and the sky, and th that we are all one. This is this is my perspective, but I still believe in angels because I believe that they're there to help us and to help move us forward. From a historical perspective, let's say in the Asian culture, from a historical perspective, prior to Christianity, was there anything in, in your knowledge that you know of that had something similar to that or uh, presented itself as either a positive or good, positive or negative, or an angel or a demon side? And I may be, I mean, I may be stepping back farther than than I should be, but um, I, it just, I mean, trying to understand a couple, I guess, from a couple different perspectives in regard to the um, historical presence of, you know, the Bible was written, as you know, the Bible was written by man 50 years after Jesus died. So prior to that, technically there wasn't a Bible. In regard to the beliefs and the structures prior to that, people believed in their, you know, the different gods and the different Greek gods and, you know, that was practiced all over the world, different different aspects of that. The Native Americans had their beliefs with, you know, spiritualism and and so forth. The the Buddhas Buddhism and the Zen, um, Hindu, Hindi, and and so forth. So I know in each different aspect there is a belief of a positive and a negative. Whether they call them angels or whether they call them demons, there's a there's kind of a there's always a good and a bad. There's always a positive influence, always a negative influence, whether it be spiritual, you know, or physical mm -hmm. from that perspective. So I guess, I guess what I'm asking is from, from your culture, since I know that you help to share your culture with others from your culture prior to in historical practices, what was that belief? Do you, do you, I mean, do you know? Mm. One example I can give is the notion that this animal ate lots of garlic in devotion to becoming an evolved version of an animal, thereby found itself Korea. So there's a mythology, right? Spiritual being or animal, animal becoming, highlighting, you know, the mythology of the world, animal becoming human, human becoming a spirit being. And then, you know, one example of the angel becoming, you know, becoming an angel from a from a human serving the world and becoming an angel, something like that. There's an evolutionary path here. And the good and the bad, yes, there is a notion called ghosts in South Korea, and they're deemed as negative, you know, the bad, bad spirit that we want to, we ought to avoid. And there are benevolent spirits that we worship and and, and, and sometimes incarnate as our ancestors who, who did a lot of good deed in the family line and therefore we can uh, worship them no, no worship meaning respect them by traditional ritual we cook food for them and we light a candle and we do we vow, bow a Korean tradition way and we pray and ask them to bless our family on behalf of her good fortune or good benevolent service and things like that. And so that it can trickle down to our, our, our family and we can do good deed uh, moving on. So there is mythology definitely playing out in South Korea as good and the bad. That's interesting. Thank you for that. I appreciate you sharing that. Do you believe in uh, guardian angels? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Don't we all have a guardian angel? 
Um, do you, how do you, how do they present themselves? How do you feel they present themselves? But if somebody was looking to connect with their guardian angel or to understand how to get guidance, what what would you recommend um, that they do to help understand their being connected? Mm. I guess. Yeah. So my philosophy is every single person and animals have guardian angels side by them by themselves by them by their side like a bodyguard, invisible bodyguard. And the guardian angel, I'd say, shows up for me when I ask for it, like ask for help through the prayer and through the thought. For me, uh, for me, the guardian angel and Archangel Michael, uh, I'm not sure who helps me, but I know Archangel Michael helps me uh, because I dream about Archangel Michael. But I, I mean, it's for audience. If you, everybody has guardian angel and guardian angel, you can call them by asking for help because they don't, they, they respect our free will. We have to ask for help. So yes, I, I agree with that. I, I respect the fact that you have a relationship with Archangel Michael. Has there been any other times that um, an angel has presented themselves to you where you, where you, like when they present themselves to you, how do they communicate with you? So if somebody's trying to listen or waiting for um, an answer, do you do you hear it verbally? Um, have they presented themselves to you? I know we spoke earlier about the the what you had seen with the wing and what you've seen with some of the other light, but can they present themselves in a physical manifestation, do you believe? Mm, I believe that. So I lived in San Francisco for three years. Uh, most recently, I was going through some emotionally challenging day, day and I got on the t uh, taxi and I had a phone app called Archangel Michael and I was looking for some advice <laughs> and the advice was something like I show up in human form when you need it yeah oh, and cool. <laughs> right and in the cab the taxi driver was very humble and very friendly and I felt a sense of ease traveling from A to B. He is a man from Turkey, I believe, but he spoke a word in Korean that is chingu, which means friend. And when I heard that Korean word, I felt even more nurtured that day. And so I believe that angels do manifest in human form. And your first question about have I experienced angels how and how, and they show up in my dream. I'll give you an example. After the first initial experience of the angel wing in 2015, in that same year, I was silently really praying for deep healing from my trauma from 2009. So I fell asleep one day and I can really remember vividly. I heard a beep sound in my ears as if it was a door opening to something like a show in my dream yeah and i saw a, a white figure an angel figure because i know this is an angel because you can see google it what is an angel you see conventionally the shape of an angel i saw that in my dream and the dream that angel was in white color and 
as if I was watching a cartoon was like uh, waving with two hands, yeah, two two wings, <laughs> and then the scene changed. The angel was uh, the scene changed like a, watching a movie. I saw my body and. The angel was trying to take something out of my body. And then immediately after that, I'm so thankful for that. Some gray energy out of my body was getting lifted up. And I heard his voice. It was, it was in distraught, like sounded like, oh, as if it didn't want to leave my body, right? And it left my body and as it's, as it was leaving my body, I saw a gray color hue energy getting lifted off out of my body to the head, like where the angel was on top of me. So as if, you know, angel was extracting that energy out of me. And then I woke up, right? Okay, so in a mundane day today, that day, in, during that time, I had severe anxiety and people were coming up to me. Are you okay, Kate? Do you have tick disorder? <laughs> and then, okay, after that dream, that anxiety completely gone. That, I mean, that's an amazing experience. That makes me feel good on the inside. That's pretty cool. So that in itself, obviously, was no doubt that was an angel that was helping you. In your mind, your body, and your heart, you knew that that was an angel. No doubt. By experience, it was an angel, yes. Yeah, and they didn't have to say anything. It was something that you felt. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. So that answers a question, I guess. How how did they present themselves to you? Because um, it can't be any more obvious than that in particular. Have you had any instances like that since then? Let me see. Yeah, so since then, I dreamt a couple more times. And in my sleep, I saw a white light of ball light ball like a light beam okay so again i'm sleeping i know i'm physically asleep because my physical eyes are closed and in this dream state my eyes are open because i could see my room and saw this white light coming out of the right side of my eye in front of me and so i'm viewing this white ball light in front of me as I'm laying down sleeping and during the sleep, I am thinking, is this something to be afraid of or not? I'm not sure what this is. And I woke up the next day. So that's another example around that time. So most of the time when you're, when you have contact with them, you're usually in a sleep state or a dream state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say so. But, but as we know, because you meditate and I, I meditate, my wife meditates, both my daughters meditate. We understand that's a different level that people are at, that when you meditate, your your body and your mind go to a different level in a more aware level. So even if you, you feel like you're asleep, you're still at a level where everything is comprehensible and um, vivid and understandable from a realistic perspective. Mm, yeah, mm -hmm. it's vivid and as if you are just living your day even in your sleep. Has an angel ever contacted you to deliver a message to anybody else? Not particularly. There, there is no account of them contacting me to tell somebody A, B, and C. However, I saw 
I felt the angel presence in a real, like a, in a waking state. And I think that they gave me a sense of what I'm supposed to do with my life. So I mean, I, I want to keep that secret, but I sensed the angelic figure in a waking state. And they gave me a message what to do with, what to do for the world. For the world. Well, that's probably a good message. Earlier, you had said something about um, that you had studied Buddhism and Hindi and Zen perspective. Is that correct? Mm, yeah. So from that perspective, can you help our listeners maybe understand from those, I mean, some people call them religions, they are philosophies, they are a practice, um, from, from my knowledge, but can you help understand, uh, or help our listeners understand from that perspective, are there the same type of entities within those philosophies or religions? Mm, that's a good question. Mm, the Hindi in Hindi tradition, you know, I, I want to say the disclaimer that I, I'm still learning. I'm a student, eternal student. And from what I've understand so far is that these beings manifest as uh, Ganesha or uh, in, in, in Buddhism, Mahakala, the protector of the people in Buddhi, uh, um, Enlightenment path and Green Tara and also like Lakshmi, these figures, right? These figures is a manifestation of uh, the benevolent spirits, which has a function to help us in certain area of our life. So for example, Ganesha is a protector. And we, when we call on Ganesha, we are asking, we can ask for uh, paving the path so that it's, we can have success uh, smoothly. And so, you know, from, if we were to merge all religion in the world and, you know, looking at, looking at these figures from a spiritual perspective, they're all really the same. They're all really a benevolent being in terms of their manifestation and their virtue. However, based on which tradition you subscribe to, the ideology, the color and the form manifests itself as if you can understand them. So example, if you're Hindi, then, and if you're calling out for a protection, you're going to uh, vision the Ganesha. But if you're looking for protection from Buddhism philosophy, then you would lo look for Mahakala, an angel, like in Western culture, we would call him Archangel Michael to protect us. And so what I know, that these be benevolent beings can be uh, in many, many forms and creative forms. However, the, the, the gist is that the intention matters more than what religion you subscribe to. And there's no need, there's no need to debate around that, just as long as they help you. Yeah, and you, you help them or you help yourself. That, that's all that matters. Thank you for helping us understand that. That's a very comprehensive way of trying to relate to individuals that you don't necessarily have to be religious to believe in angels or good and bad. You can be spiritual as well in that don't get locked into one thing in specific. Just ask for help. Yeah. Something is there to help you. Mm -hmm. And be careful of the negative energies because on the other hand, there's also negative influence and negative energies that can pull you in the wrong direction as well. 
I agree. From a spiritual perspective, uh, I know that you've been on this journey for quite some time. So from a spiritual perspective, what can you share with our listeners to help them open themselves up to more of a spiritual opportunity to listen to what's in the universe for them? I say all it takes is surrender, surrender to unknown and unseen. When we look at science, we have, you know, the ray of light and there are a limited number of lights we can observe from human eye. And with time, we can, we discover that there are more spectrums of light that our technology can detect, which means what we see is not everything. And so why not open ourselves up to the hidden realm? Because they exist and they have been proven themselves over and over in ancient history, ancient texts. If we dig deep, we can see the evidences of these uh, spiritual allies that, you know, also help build civilizations on earth. One example is Egypt's pyramids. And so because we don't know right now, does not mean it does not exist. It is our responsibility to just open to spiritual realm and come back to what really matters, you know, and what matters is <laughs> love at the center. <laughs> I agree with that. Do you believe that we come back again and again so that we can learn lessons in order to move up to a higher level within the spiritual realm? Uh, that's a brilliant question. I say yes, until you learn all that you need to, to learn in, on Earth. Earth is a school. Earth is a school. And out of many, many planets and galaxies in the universe and multi-universes, this one school, Earth, has opens up an opportunity to grow significantly. Uh, it, it's a relative term, significant, but... Once we master all the lessons that we can muster up on Earth, I say we have a choice not to come back because we've graduated from the lessons we needed to learn on Earth. And so from that perspective, Earth Mother Gaia is a divine being, is here to host us. She's here to host us. And we need to learn to respect and honor Mother Gaia. And that's a part of um, the curriculum of graduating from this plane on Earth. And I do believe in reincarnation. If you, I say one person reincarnate with specific homework assignment, and not necessarily that person is going to take on the assignment to graduate on this Earth one, one lifetime, but it might be he or she is on their way. It could be that this this lifetime they're mastering how to let go. That will be their the main curriculum, right? And based on their evolutionary speed, they choose. We get to design, and so coming back, yeah, they can come back for another lesson and things like that. I don't want to come back. That's that's for sure. <laughs> you don't you don't want to come back again. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I want to graduate this lifetime. Don't we all? <laughs> don't we all i think i think in my lessons in this life i think i've learned them very well i've learned what not to do again and uh i agree with you so tell me a little bit about your businesses it is called life of emerald 
it is for your mind, body, and soul. I'm currently building the conscious media aspect. And right now I'm offering one-on-one consultation for anybody who's looking to um, gain clarity out of their life. I use astrology ancient technique to help guide clients and also implement Carl Jung's concept called shadow. So I help people coach, I coach people to embrace what might be playing out externally is a signal for you to look inside and find that pain that you've experienced in the past and unlock it. And I use astrology to look at the pattern of the, the of your soul and the pattern of the blockages and identify it and help you free out of that stagnancy and in order to have you be more empowered. So the business mission is to empower you, to for you to empower others so that we can empower the entire humanity. And my primary focus of building this business is to raise human consciousness by 10%. And why 10% is that's all it needs to create a domino effect for the collective consciousness to hop over to more positive and elevated lifestyle. And so that's my goal for now. That's an amazing goal. If someone's interested in any of your services or healing their mind, body, and soul, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yes, through Instagram and email. So Instagram handle is lifeofemerald underscore s. And my email is lifeofemerald at gmail.com. And I will have links to both of those in the show notes and on my website before you go podcast.com. Any words of wisdom that you think our listeners should know? Yes, I would say question where you are. Just question everything. I'm a firm believer that this civilization currently is built based on false falsity and the matrix. Watch the movie Matrix. <laughs> question everything, your belief and your habits and your thought patterns. So we can really cultivate global diversity. Alan Watts, the Eastern and Western philosopher, said, true diversity happens when everybody wakes up to your truest version. So we're heading to radical collaboration. We're heading to an ideal world. So we need everyone's, everyone's um, participation on this journey. I agree with that. Hopefully we can bring some more positivity to the world with what you're doing, because right now it's obviously in great turmoil. And I think people need to open up to more spirituality and more of what you just spoke about, because we need to move in a very positive direction because we're losing our humanity and compassion. Thank you for that. Thank you very much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your questions, Michael, and your presence. That's it for this episode. One more thing before you go. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope you get some value out of this. I will have all the information in regard to getting a hold of Kate Emerald, her website and her contact information if you'd like to utilize her services of any type or get in touch with her. This is the second of the three episodes that we had promised in regard to Angels and Demons. The third one will air this week as well, shortly after this one. 
So please, keep an eye on it. Then we're going to go back to our regularly scheduled programming starting the following Tuesday. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. That's beforeyougopodcast.com. Tell your story, share your expertise, contribute to the blog, and subscribe to the newsletter. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform. And one more thing before you go, have a nice day, have a nice week, and thanks for listening. One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life podcast, is a creation of One More Thing Productions, established 2010, all rights reserved.